0: Thank you so much, Robbie. What a blessing that song is about the presence of the Lord, because that's what we are going to focus on. When Robbie and I were talking this week about it, we were talking about the Holy Spirit in this series and how the Holy Spirit equals hope. And so that's what we're focused on. All the sermon notes are on uh, SummitCharleston.com. They're on Facebook uh, at Summit Church. and You can check those out. But the reason why the presence of the Lord is so important is because there's all these outside influences that try to take over his presence. And what's great in Revelation 21, five, the Word of the Lord says that Jesus is, is making everything, everything new. So every day in heaven, or every day in his kingdom, is going to be something totally different than it was before. And it's not going to be a day as, as we would consider a day, because there's not going to be day and night. But everything's going to be new, so there's this constant renewal and newness in the Lord every day. And so that is why we come together to worship. So this is very important to the kingdom of God while you're here. I I want you to know it's very important while we're all together. The reason why it's so important that we're together is because there's a word that God uses about us in his word. Now, there are a couple words, but there's one word I want to focus on, and it's called the church. And the reason why we're called the church, one of the words that's used there is church. It means this. Some of you already know, ekklesia in the Greek, it means... uh, the called-out ones. So we've been called out from where we were into the gospel. And then what happens is we're, we're scattered during the week as the called-out ones. So we release the presence of Jesus where we live, work, play, go to school, all that stuff. And then we come together as the called-out ones and where there's this corporate worship of His presence. And that's why we pray the Lord's Prayer, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So a part of our corporate vision is and you see like even on the shirt and it it says you know love god and so the way that we love the lord one of the ways is that we come together as the called out ones and we say in unity we say jesus is lord we proclaim the gospel we preach the gospel to ourselves and then we live this renewed life every day as we go out and we show people jesus now You're in your world, and so you've got all these distractions. You've got relationships. You've got desires. You've got this financial thing. You've got this goal, this athletic goal, whatever else. You've got all these distractions. But here's what you understand: we live for the Lord, and then the Lord moves in and through all those things that we do. And so as we we do those things, we do it as people would say for the glory of the Lord. So that's like this first commandment: the way we're together is to love the Lord your God. Right? With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. So we come together corporately, the called-out ones that God saved and redeemed, called out, and we come together and we say, hey, we're going to worship the Lord. And this is what it looks like. This is what it looks like to proclaim. This is what it looks like for us to really understand God's Word. And the reason why is because I want you to know this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 3, it says, But the man who loves God is known by God. It's a very simple verse. It's not our primary text. But it is a springboard. So if, you're, if you love God, you're known by God. That's why in Matthew, he says, man, listen, good soil is where God produces fruit. And the man who treasured the kingdom of heaven went out and sold everything he had and bought the field because inside was the treasure. That's what Jesus does. So we sell everything we have like this. We just say, God, I'm going to give my life to you, everything that you want me to do because you're more valuable and treasurable than anything else. Because my goal today, our goal as we come together, the vision we have from the Lord is that you encounter the presence of the Lord. And that's what they were singing about. That's what they were leading us in worship about is that you encounter the presence. Some of you might encounter the presence in the way of the Lord, that you're laid out in front of the Lord and seeking His face. Some of you hear His presence there. Some of you feel it through a song. Some of you are the reading of the Word. Somehow God speaks to you and you get an answer. But our goal that God has shown us to the best that we can understand the Holy Spirit, is the way that we're going to love God corporately is for His presence to speak to us. That's our goal today, is that you hear from the Lord. And when you hear from the Lord, then what you normally do, you won't continue to do. Now, I'm not talking about sins and stuff. Don't read in that. What I'm saying is, is that if God is saying teach, and that's what the word that God's giving, me, then all of a sudden my teaching takes on a new meaning. My coaching, my my preaching, everything takes on a new meaning because God is calling me to do something for His name and not for my name. Because those who love God are known by God. And we want to be known by God in this intimate relationship. But if we're known by God, I want you to know this. You could also, if you're known by God, you're also known by the enemy. I just want to wake you up and smell some coffee. If If you're known by God, then the enemy of God, Satan, or the accuser, is also going to know who you are. Why? Because he's after God, but the created, Satan, can't be the creator, God, so he tries to take out his creation, i.e. us. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So it's interesting that we can be known. Now you say, John, back that up in Scripture. Well, I'm glad you challenged me, so here you go. Paul is having this, this, I mean, he's an evangelist and he is preaching the gospel. Gentiles are being saved and he's casting out demons. People are getting healed. I mean, there's these miracles. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Acts 19.15, these people are going around and they're, they're taking the name of Jesus and they're trying to, to use Jesus' name to cast out these demons. So there are these people that try to cast out these demons, the seven sons of Siva, and they try to cast out. And this is what the demon says to these people who aren't believers, yet they're trying to use the name of Jesus. You can read it for yourself, peeps. Acts 19:15. One day the evil spirit answered them when they were casting out these evil spirit in the name of Jesus, yet they weren't followers of Jesus. The evil spirit, this is what the Word of God says, Acts 19, 15. The evil spirit answered them, Jesus, I know, and I know about Paul, but who are you? But who are you? Because see, those who love God are known by God, and if you're known by God, you're on the enemy's radar. So everybody in this room who loves Jesus and is going to do something for Jesus, you are on the enemy's radar. Now, I know some of you don't believe in that stuff. Charlie, Charlie. Right? Right, Matt? You don't even know what I'm talking about, do you? How many of you know the Charlie, Charlie challenge? The rest of you are going, what are you talking about? Please don't go look it up. And please don't go do it. If you do it, I, I debated whether to bring this up to you or not. I did. Man, I mean, you posted it on your Facebook, as far as, you know, a response. Some other people in this, in this room, some sweet saints of the gospel has reported against it. But I want you to know, they're doing it in your schools, right? Aren't the teachers allowing it? Come on, tell the truth, shame the devil. Somebody posted it. And so you got these people doing this little challenge talking about this Mexican demon and so they're calling in the spirit and they think it's all fun and games now you know back in the 70s and 80s somebody break out a Ouija board we're like oh you on your own bro like yeah hey how you doing I'm out of here like I I love this party you gotta fight for your right but I ain't fighting for that right so I'm out y'all know the song you know what I'm talking about so uh, they're just like I don't live in that sin anymore yeah but you know what I'm talking about So what I'm having is, listen, so it's it's a rave. I mean, it's got like uh, two million hits on Twitter, and it's got, you know, a couple of those YouTubes. One YouTube's got over a million hits. I mean, it's just a rave. Don't do it! kids are doing it, these little kids are doing it, high school and middle school and elementary school, and if you don't know anything about it, you better communicate, people are out there doing this stuff, and they don't even know what demons they're about, and they're saying, oh, well, it's not really that, it's just a game, yes, Satan lies to you, it's just a game, it's nothing but a game, life is nothing but a game, and he who dies with the most toys, yeah, it's just a game little do you know you're inviting, you're inviting in demons. And here's what's the thing I can tell you about demons. When you get one, you get more. Just ask Legion. Just read Mark 5. Just ask what happens. And then when the demons come, they want to do what? They want to steal you away from everybody and everything that calls itself around Jesus, and they want to kill your body. That's why they they entice you to suicide. They entice you to live a life of bondage, and then you're so destroyed and so far gone that you're not even recognizable. That's what demons do because they follow the father, their father, who's the father of lies. So don't even mess with that stuff. But see, everybody's looking for this encounter. Everybody's looking for answers. And yet we have the answer in Jesus. We have the answer in the gospel, right? Because we were far from God, but Jesus shows up and eradicates our sin and eradicates that huge chasm that we have that we can't even get to God, and so while we were still sinners, as Robbie prayed this morning, you know, Christ died for us, and so all of a sudden, Christ comes to us, and that's the gospel, that's the beauty, it was nothing that we've done, nothing that we could deserve, but he did it for us, and for those that surrender, as somebody said this morning, for those that surrender, then all of a sudden, we surrender our lives, then the gospel becomes new inside of us and he gives us his presence forever as a foreshadowing of for always being in his presence in heaven or in what we would call his kingdom and so the world is looking for answers and the world is looking for hope and we have it and so here is the main point today the holy spirit brings hope because when we have god's word we have his presence now that my sisters and brothers is profound some of you are looking at me like you're crazy john that's true but that's not crazy when you have god's word you have his presence So let me ask the Lord to continue his eye-opening to us. Lord, we are asking you to speak to our spirits. We are mortals and we call upon the one who's the creator who we have this open door through, Jesus. You said that we can come boldly in Hebrews to the throne of grace and receive mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. Well, it's a time of need, Lord, because I don't have anything I can offer. I am a mortal. I am going to be dust unless you call us home. And so we are asking you today to move in our lives. We love you and we trust you and help us to understand today, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit that when we have your word, we have your presence and so we worship you we thank you that you came to us and that you have saved us forever and you have sealed us with your holy spirit forever and that and he shows us that we are yours eternally and so we worship you and we praise you because all addictions because all pain and all suffering and all sorrow and all unkindness and all brokenness and all loneliness has been crushed by Jesus. And we have hope because we have His presence. In Jesus' name we all said what? Gospel of John chapter 14. Gospel of John chapter 14, verse 26 and 27. Here we go. That's it. Just these two verses. We read them. We're going to spend time. We're going to see what the Lord does. And Robbie's going to uh, continue to play. And they're going to sing over us and really move in his presence. And my prayer is this. So here's where the ending, let me tell you where we're landing. We're landing with this. We want you, we sense the Holy Spirit is telling us that we need to encounter his presence. That is the Holy Spirit. Jesus is set down at the right hand of the Father. I'm not saying that Jesus can't speak to you in visions and dreams. I'm not saying that he can't even appear to you. What I am saying, though, is that for everyone in this room, we can experience the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit in your school. You need him in your marriage. You need him in your singleness. Your kids who don't even know about Jesus need you to be following Jesus and walking in the Holy Spirit because you are the source of their peace. They have no peace. They try to dress so kids won't make fun of them and give them peace. They try to be smart or be athletic or do something or be cool so people will give them peace. But you, as the parent, are are following the prince of peace. And the God of peace and the fruit of the Spirit is peace, all wrapped up in the Trinity, and you can be that for them as they live under your anointing and blessing. John 14, 26 and 27. This is so cool, the Lord. But the advocate, say advocate. Woo! All five of you, great job. All right, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. This is the, man, this is Jesus. This is like red letter in my Bible, which is the same as the black letters, but because it's all in the Holy Spirit anointing. But it's just to say that to be cool. All right, verse 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. And I love what Jesus says, I do not give to you as the world gives. I like that. There were times I didn't like that. God, I don't really like how tall I am and I don't really like how well I don't like my stretch marks, Lord. And uh I don't like that I'm addicted to the carb. Uh, uh you I told you you bunch of protein freaks, uh you're you're not you're in sin because Jesus is the bread of life, not the meat of life. So you you're you're just in sin and you need to repent from your lack of carbs. Um, ad, Advocare, And so, um, sorry, that was for some people in the room. And so my point being is, is that, you know, Jesus gives us something more and better than the world. And so, you know, we got all these high school students, we've got uh, grandparents, and we're trying to see what the Lord, I mean, we've got this big chasm, we've got the nursery in there. I mean, you've got all this big chasm of ages, and Jesus is saying, I give to every one of you. Well, how does God give to a three-month-old? Well, if the parents are walking under the anointing of God, then that three-month-old is under the blessing of And if you don't believe it, then just talk to some of us in this room. There's some people in this room who I dearly love who happen to just work in social work, and they can tell you, right? My sister, they can tell you, the world is a jacked-up place, and all the people you deal with need some Jesus. Just ask her, ask Bekeezus. Just ask the situation. She goes in and somebody else in this room going in the same situation. Man, that's why there's this crushing of these children because somebody's got to stand up because only the only Jesus can give what we really need. The world can't. And what we need is not this, oh yes, give me a million dollars, Jesus, if you want to give it to me, hallelujah. Right? Jesus, if you want to give me All this stuff, that's great. But in the end, I can't take any of it with me. But the one thing I can take at the end of my life with me is his presence. Yea, though I walk through the... uh, Ah, y'all ain't listening. I'm going over here. Hallelujah. What's up, peeps? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the what? Yeah. See, the one thing that won't, that you can take with you, is the presence of Jesus at death. That's the one thing. It's the one thing. So he gives us what we need. See, this is what we need. His word is his presence. You say, but John, I don't feel his presence. Oh, here's why you don't feel his presence because you don't know his word. Is that an amen or a me? Right? My point is because when you have the word of God, you have the presence of God. John, prove it. Okay, thank you. All right, here we go. Remember Jesus? Jesus was called before we have his name. In Scripture, Jesus, God with us, Emmanuel, right? Yeshua, the, the idea of God is my salvation. Before his name was named Jesus as the God-man, what was his name according to John 1, verse 1? In the beginning was the, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Verse 2, he. Verse 2, he. He was with God in the beginning. So the word was a he. The word was not a it. Like, this kind of bothers me a little bit, and I catch myself saying this. Uh, Ladies in this room and y'all around people that are pregnant or seen people pregnant or been pregnant, I might look pregnant, but I'm not. And so, um, I just had to say it. Don't overstate the obvious. So my my point being is that, uh, you, you know, when people say, well, I don't know what it is. Well, what is it? Like, that it is living and breathing. Like, that it is somebody. And I've caught myself, well, well, what is it? Well, it's not really an it, John. It's, It's a he or she, or maybe it's he, she. Maybe there's twins, or maybe it's he, she, he. Maybe it's triplets, or, you know, maybe if my wife would not live in sin, maybe we could have quadruplets. All right, so, being said... Being said, my my point is this, is that the Word in verse 1 of John 1, 1 and verse 2 is called a He. So here's what the Holy Spirit, remember, the Word was a He. The Word is His presence. The Word is His presence. The very Word of God is the presence of God. That's why even just saying the name of Jesus or even just Quoting the scripture in the name of Jesus can cast out demons because you're not just using words, you're actually bringing in and invoking the presence of God over all of life, which he says over all the world, every square inch is mine. This is a picture of the word. Revelation 1.15. This is what his word sounds like. Revelation 115, his feet were like bronze. This is Jesus. This is the resurrected Jesus. It's not Jesus on the cross. Right? Not that. This is the one who's alive in heaven. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of what, Saints? That's when, that's the Word. When the Word of God speaks, it's the sound of rushing waters. It's a volume of just massive noise. Uh, yesterday, uh, my wife and I and my sons, we had an opportunity. We were at the uh, Division II College World Series uh, up in uh, Cary, North Carolina, and it was really neat. Uh, my alma mater was playing in the World Series in the championship game, so we were there for the championship game. And, uh, and so we were there, and it was really neat because every time we're, we're walking up to the stadium there at the beginning of the first inning, and you could hear there's just roar, I mean, uh, just fans, every time uh, my, my alma mater, they would do something, and, and there was just this roar of just massive amounts of fans, just and it just, it overtook like, all the landscape and the, and the hills all around there and carried this USA National Baseball training company. It's this gorgeous facility. And it just overtook everything because of this massive crowd and this massive noise. It was the sound of rushing waters, but God speaks even bigger than that. I mean, even being at the Super Bowl is not even close to the sound of when God speaks. And when you have his word, you have his what? That's why, that's why he said, thy word I've hid in my heart that I might not sin against you, Lord. Because your word is your presence. That's what King David, who I believe he wrote that Psalm 119, he's saying the word is the presence. That's why it kills me. Like it kills me. Kills me. You know, I, I look at my, Back in the day, can I just talk to some of the, well, how do I say this in a nice, politically correct way? The older people in the room, I'm just kidding. That would not when politically correct. We're just us, right? Back in the day when we were growing up, we called yearbooks what? Annuals. That's old people language, people. Annuals. Y'all call it yearbooks. We call it annuals. I don't even know the difference. All I can say is this. So I, I, I look at my son and daughter's uh, uh, uh yearbook and, and 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 like you know these seniors they they get to put clips underneath their stuff which is kind of cool we never got to say anything in my senior clip i'm surprised they even put my picture in there you know I, I did graduate for some of you who are questioning me you sin. um but you know you get to put clips and and one thing i long for people to put is i long for them to put scripture and the reason why i long for them to put scripture uh uh, you know, and it's kind of cool. I would have probably put something kind of funny and stupid and stuff. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not knocking people Didn't I don't mean that. But I just, I'm longing for people to put scripture because, uh, uh, you know, it, it just says something. Like, there was this one guy, my son was telling me in his yearbook, he said, uh, um, his thing was, I'm sorry, I can't do that, Siri. And he's got like a thousand retweets on it. It's kind of funny. He said, Dad, what should I put in my yearbook? I'm like, well, I'm glad you asked. I think you all should put, since that's such a huge hit, you ought to do this. You ought to put, I'm sorry, I can't do that, Siri. And then put, oh, I can do that, God. (laughs) That's pretty good, isn't it? That's what the Lord showed me. Sometimes God just makes me creative. I said, somebody retweet that. You know, I mean, here's a chance to evoke his presence, invoke his word, invoke his scripture. Whenever you have the scripture of God inside you, you have the presence of God inside you. So, Robbie, I'm going to ask you to come over and play with me, um, play over me, uh, because I need need help here, because I'm already only like two sentences in the sermon, and I want to get through it. But I want you to uh, play over this. this word so here's what god's word is always tied to his presence here's what i mean by that hebrews 4 12 says this you'll see this up on the screen hebrews 4 12 says this for the word of god for the word of god is what saints living in what see that's what he's saying for the word of god is living and active he's saying this that the Word of God is the presence of God. That is why the Holy Spirit lives inside us, and he says in John 14 that the advocate, that he is going to remind us, that he is going to, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you because the Holy Spirit is is the presence of God giving the Word of God. And that's what God is asking us to do. We want you to hear a word from God. What do I mean by that? If you hear a word from God, then you've encountered the presence of God. Does that make sense? And that's our goal today. That's what we want to see because we need His presence. He is living and active. So we need His presence. What is this word advocate in John 14, 26? What does it mean? He says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit. The word advocate, I know many of you know this, but I want to tell you. It means to call to one's aid. Uh, paracletus, uh, it's a compound word. To come alongside is what it means. So now, here's what I want you to say. I know what you're thinking. Uh, okay, I'm going to use you for a second, Robbie. So to come alongside. Most of us think like this is what it means to come alongside. But that's not what it is. The Holy Spirit is inside of us. Come alongside of us in our time of need. He's not beside us. He is not external. He is internal. And so he's coming with you. That's why Jesus said, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Because he is with us. He is inside of us. He's coming into the jam, into the pickle, into the struggle. He is coming into the fight. He is inside us, and he is with us, and he has sealed us in Ephesians chapter 1 and will never, ever, ever leave us. It also means to plead another's case. I love this. Listen to what this one said. This one great theologian, Malcolm Yarnell, said this. He said, Christ is our helper before the Father, while the Spirit is our helper in the world. I had to put that in. I put that in online for you. Christ is our helper before the Father. And the Holy Spirit is our helper in the world. Now, I don't want to limit him to just the world because Romans 8 says that it intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. He is our intercessor, he is pleading our case, but he is reminding us of, of his presence. So, what does his presence bring? Well, what does the verse say in John 14, 26? What does his presence, what does the word of God, whenever you get a word from God right now, if God gives you a word, if you say, God, what do you want me to do? And then all of a sudden, God says, teach. Or, or, or God says, I've given you the gift of helps. Or I've given you the gift of mercy. So if you've got helps, you're going to serve. That means you'll be a great assistant coach. You're great assistant principal. Your, your gift is to come alongside and help the other person be successful. Because when they're successful, you're successful because you did the work. And when you have those gifting and you begin to lay that stuff out. So what does this presence bring? Verse 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you. The reason why he's teaching us is because it means we don't understand. So let's humble ourselves in front of the Lord. We don't understand what to do with family, we don't understand what to do next in our life, we don't understand what to do in our jobs or in our classrooms or in our summer employment or whatever. We don't understand what to do in our sports. We don't understand. That's the humility that we stand in front of the Lord. Teach us, Holy Spirit. Teach us. Teach us your presence. Give me the words to say. That's what we told Peter and John. Don't worry about what you're going to say. I'll tell you, when you're in front of that person, when you're in front of that judge, and you're in front of that king, I'm going to tell you exactly what to say. 2 Chronicles twenty twelve. I love that passage. Oh, our God. Will you not judge them? I'm talking about the Syrians. For we have no power to face this vast army. You have no power to face what God has called you to do. I want you to know that, saints. You cannot do, Alan, you cannot do in your business what God has called you. You have no power within you because we are no match for the enemy, and we are no match for what Jesus can bring, but he'll do it through you. Because he who called you is faithful. We have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do. This is one of my favorite statements. God, I don't know what to do. That's a good thing to tell the Lord. You want to know why? Because you surrender. Surrender. I don't know what to do next. But God's going to answer you because you have his presence and his presence is always equal to his word and his word is always equal to his presence. They don't divorce themselves. Isaiah 55, 8 says this, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways, my ways, declares the Lord. And then he tells you like the spatial difference, for as high as the heavens above the earth. I mean, that's how how much of a space and difference there is. We don't know his thoughts. So what do we do? We go to his presence, and his presence gives us his word. It's not rocket science. That's what happens. What else does it say in John 14, 26? Not only that he will teach us, but he will remind us. That means we need a constant reminder. 1 Corinthians 15, 1. What is Paul? That, that resurrection chapter, the pinnacle chapter in all of 1 Corinthians. He says this at the beginning of the chapter, the whole point of the whole book of Corinthians. Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preach to you. Preach yourselves the gospel. Remind yourself that God has sealed you. The gospel is very simple that there is a gap because of sin, and Jesus paid the penalty that is for the wages of sin is death and he paid the death penalty for us he became our substitute in that place and he paid that penalty and he did it because he loves us because it's free it's his gift of love it's his kindness that leads to repentance and then the last part is we get the holy spirit and now we walk with his presence that is the gospel We need that reminder. We need that testimony. We need that witness, as John Elwood said. We need that guide. We need somebody to speak to us. We need the Holy Spirit to be a witness, a guide. John fifteen isn't it interesting? John fourteen twenty six is what we read, but in John fifteen twenty six. Jesus goes on to talk about the Holy Spirit. And by the way, this is the very night that he was betrayed, he's going to the cross. John 15, 26. But when the advocate comes, when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. He is the witness. He is the guide. He discloses to the disciples the things concerning the Son, Yarnell says. He is the witness par excellence. He is the witness of inspiration, illumination, assurance, of even driving us to evangelism. By inspiration, what does it mean? Yarnell would say means that the Holy Spirit witnesses through the apostle by revelation, inspiring him. In his writing, Revelation 1:10 and 11 says this, On the Lord's day, I was in the Spirit. Notice his presence. Uh, notice his presence here, family. On the Lord's day, that's Resurrection Sunday. That's like a day like today. I was in the Spirit, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, which said, write on a scroll what you see, and send it to the seven churches. In other words, his presence led to his word. His presence led to his word. So we've corporately come together to love God, and as a byproduct of that, we get his word. You get answers to your needs. Do you need an answer from the Lord today about anything? About extended family, friends, coworkers, grandchildren, sweetmates, mates, classmates. I mean, do you need a word? God is making the Spirit reign. Just go with me. I love what Yornell says. By elimination, he meant that he witnesses to the churches by enlightening them. Revelation 2-7. I I could just spend time in Revelation. What the Holy Spirit's doing. Revelation 2-7. He says this. Whoever or he who has ears, whoever has the ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The Holy Spirit will illuminate what you need to hear. And man, I have so much more. Like we need to hear, uh, for example, next week, next week, you know what we're doing as a body? It's a body. We're going to decide and vote whether we're going to give $25,000, which I'm going to openly say we should. I have no qualms about it. $25,000 $25,000 for Ethiopia for, for them to build. For them to build a place so that people who are emotionally or mentally or even maybe some physically struggling can have a place to go. 1.3 million people and there's not one place? Yeah, I think God's telling us something. So that's, I mean, that's, God, do you want us to do it? I mean, let me pray about it for a second. Okay. I got the answer, right? What do you mean you got the answer? Well, here's the answer. Do good when it's within your power to do so. Do so, Proverbs 3, 27. God gave me his word. That's how God speaks to me. God always tells me a scripture, and then that scripture tells me the answer. Like, that's how God speaks to me. I don't go looking around for signs, even though sometimes I want signs, even though there's times I've been, okay, God, I'm going to ask the person this, and if he tells me this, then I know you're in it. I've done that before. Nothing wrong with it. But the majority of how God speaks to me, just tells me his word. So here you go. Here's our chance. Do you need illumination? Do you need, do you need God to tell you something? Do you need inspiration? God, I need you to inspire me on what to do next. Or do I need illumination on what to do next? I mean, God, tell me what the Spirit says. Give me assurance. Oh, by the way, the Holy Spirit gives assurance too, what Yonah was talking about. 1 John 3, 24. Let me show you this. and This is where we're landing the plane because I'm getting ready to ask you to follow through. Here's assurance. You ready for assurance that the Holy Spirit gives? Well, the Holy Spirit gives hope, and he gives hope because his word is his presence. Well, here you go. 1 John 3, 24. The one who keeps God's command lives in him, and he in them. Here's assurance. And this is how we know This is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he what, saints? So if Robbie is playing the guitar and he's doing what God has commanded him, then the question is, does he really believe that he is right in front of the Lord because he did what God told him to do? Well, that doesn't, doing what God told you to do doesn't make you right with the Lord. Back it up, John, Matthew chapter 7. Didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we work miracles in your name? And then Jesus says, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Well, didn't I go to worship? Uh, didn't I give some money? Uh, didn't I help the poor? Didn't I do this? Just because you obey the command of God does not mean that you're a child of God. What makes you know that you're a child of God is that you have the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God pours out into the obedience of God. The Spirit, His presence, His healing, healing presence. Healing. James five, if anyone of you sick, let him call the elders of the church. Let him anoint him with oil. If he committed any sins, he asks for forgiveness of those. Let's heal. What do you need? It's landed. It. Do you need the presence of God to give you a word? So I want you to come as Robbie and them are, are going to play over I want you to come and say, Lord, I don't know. That's why I'm coming to you. What do you want? Give me assurance. Am I doing the right thing right now? Give me illumination. I've got crosswords. Where do I go? Give me inspiration because right now I just don't know what to do about anything. Or Give me inspiration. Inspire me because I'm apathetic or whatever else. God wants to answer today. The question is, will we respond? And, and for you, if you're in this room and you have never surrendered your life to Jesus, I, I mean, I'm talking, that's salvation. Salvation is surrender. Nothing more, nothing less. Here I am, God, all of me, I surrender. At that moment, that moment, that moment, when you're verbalizing, God has already saved you. It's called justification and regeneration at that moment. And it's not... I pray a prayer, it's not I go out and do a deed, it's not that I go and get baptized. It is the moment that you let go of everything and hold on to God with everything. And you cannot save yourself. And I pray today that you will see that your good works pale in comparison to Jesus' great work. And that you'll see today during this time of invitation people seeking the Lord getting answers he said he'd never leave us nor forsake us he said call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and mighty things which you do not know if you seek me you will find me if you search for me with all your heart guess what I believe the word of God is the presence of God and if the word of God says it then his presence lives in it how about you what do you need inspiration assurance illumination, what do you need? He'll give it at his throne of grace. Father, that is my prayer today. You speak to us. Whoever needs to come and just spend some time with you to get a word from you. Whoever, I'll just come right now and just lay out and say, Lord, here I am. I need a word. I need this. I need, I need to pray for my family. I need to pray for extended coworkers. I need to uh, uh, pray for... Uh, My niece and nephew, I need to pray for my friends. I need to pray uh, about this relationship. I need to pray about my health. I need to pray about whatever it is, Lord, your Holy Spirit, because your presence is here, then your word is here. And if your word is here, then we can have an assurance. We can have inspiration. We can have illumination because The Word of God is the presence of God. And we know that since Jesus paid a heavy price of being crushed on the cross as He was bruised for our iniquities, and it pleased you to crush Him, and you did crush Him, that the supernatural can now dip into the natural. That Jesus was the bridge. He was the gap. Coverer. And now everyone in this room can hear from the Lord and can have an answer from the Lord and so Lord my prayer is this here's my prayer when they get an answer they will not doubt it they will not doubt it James 1 says if any man asks wisdom let him ask of the father who gives it generously without finding fault when he asks let him not be double minded and then you give an analogy that we're like tossed around by the waves if we're double minded no this is the way walk in it speak into our ears speak to us Lord this is the way illuminate us Inspire us, Lord. Give us assurance. And not only is it assurance, it is blessed assurance. As the old hymn would say. Speak, Lord. As Eli told Samuel. speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. And for those that don't know Jesus, may they watch and see And taste and see that the Lord is good. And may they surrender their lives to you. Lord, bless Robbie and them. Lord, bless them as they speak powerfully, as they play powerfully right now over us. Like the voices of angels in heaven, that you are pleased around your throne, that you are pleased with them, pour out your anointing on them now supernaturally. I ask this in Jesus' name.